37. Now, Larry Tang has a wealth of entrepreneurial experience behind him, from digital marketing, public relations, to the food and beverage sector, where he was determined to make his mark with organic produce that would change the way people enjoyed food. So I'm really quite excited to find out more about his soundbite and the memories he attaches to specific food. Let me welcome Larry to the show. Good afternoon to you, Larry. How are you? Good afternoon, Sadia. I'm very well, thank you. Good to have you, you back on the One Two Three show. Thank you. It's been a while now. Now, Larry, before we actually talk about um, your soundbite, let me just check. You know, how are things going with you? Because I mean, like you know, you are running a couple of restaurants, and and obviously these changes have taken place. How are things? Um, we're still <laughs> we're still around. Uh, we closed down. Soho Farmer at PMQ last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still have local farmer in Sainpun. Um Restaurants are struggling. Like when you can't open for dinner, it's uh, no matter how well you do daytime, especially when everyone's ordering delivery right now and the delivery platforms are taking 30, 35%. Uh, so the margin, it's very low. Actually, a lot of people that rely mostly on delivery now, I think are struggling because if you if you get either like you do the traditional Chinese uh, restaurant way where you close down mm-hmm. and everyone goes home and you don't pay any salary for mm-hmm. a few months mm-hmm. uh, and then you only lose money on rent and then wait for government subsidies, then as a good business person, you would probably do that. Mm-hmm. But then uh, if you care about, you know, your team's, income and work then you stay open and you do delivery um but you end up not being able to pay most of the, the top three cost center for any restaurant is uh, uh wages uh rental and suppliers right so most likely after three months you can't afford your rent and then uh, you get kicked out by your landlord Mm. It's a a bit bit dire, isn't it, at the moment? I mean, and do you manage to still get, I mean, when you say the restaurant is still open, are people still walking into the restaurant? Obviously, within the last couple of weeks, probably things have changed quite drastically, haven't they? Actually, before the lockdown, we've already kind of, um, we we stopped dining service because I think also because we, I think it's a huge exposure for the for the people on the front line, right? Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. also, if one person has COVID, then the rest of the people are at risk and we have to close down. Yeah. But I thought it was a smarter way to do that. But uh, people on the team started catching COVID from home. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Hong Kong, a lot of people live with like parents, parents uh, or like siblings and their partners. So it's quite, right now I feel like, um, 60, 70% of people we know mm-hmm. have, uh, have, have had COVID or yeah. are going through. Yeah, yeah it's a, I think at this moment, certainly for the food and drinks industry, you know, it's like just one day at a time, isn't it? To... But the good, good side of it, I think most of the people that we personally know mm-hmm. have had 
quite mild symptoms. Everyone's kind of just waiting to get back yeah. to work. Yeah. Everyone's testing every day. And we do hope it's a wave that we're going to get, we're going to ride the wave and come out of it in a positive way. And talking about positive, I'm going to move on to Soundbite. That's the reason you're here today. So Soundbite is very much, you know, trying to find a specific dish or, a, um, you know, a memory attached to it, which comes back to you. So what is your Soundbite then? Yeah, um, bit of a confession to make first because <laughs> I don't really cook. Uh, we can't really talk about recipes, but in terms of like memories, the two stood out. So I think one's more related to my dad, the other one's on my mother's side. So I can probably go with this really rare. Uh, I don't even know if people look at it as food. Uh -huh. um, I used to go camping a lot with my dad. Uh -huh. So that was maybe seven. Uh, and the way I knew, like, or I was uh, introduced to camping is we bring some canned food, uh, instant noodles, um, milk tea stuff, very basic item. But my dad would go out there and catch whatever he can and then we just eat it. Uh -huh. Like, I don't know any better as a kid, right? I remember one time he, he caught a possum from a tree. Oh, gosh, uh, right. And he likes to go dive. Uh, and then I don't know how he catches, like, this shellfish or um, uh, crab, like lobster. And one time he caught a stingray. Oh, and he was, uh, it was one meter long. Oh, gosh. Um, and then he actually came back with it. And then I think he was exhausted because it's a huge, like, one meter long stingray. It's the stingray was exhausted or your dad? <laughs> Both of them. Both right. of them. Because he said the stingray was trying to pull him into the ocean. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, he actually let the stingray go, but his uh, friends that went camping with us uh, went back and caught the stingray again. again. And then there were people from Oriental Daily Camping next to us, so they actually took a photo. Uh -huh. And then these people were posing in front of a huge stingray. Anyway, uh, and then we ate it. <laughs> um, it was probably one of the tastiest, most tender experiences I had. I still remember that. Wow. Uh, and so did you, obviously you were camping, so your dad cooked it right then, or did what What did he do with it? Did he... he just boiled it with a bunch of canned food with a very strong flavor. Uh -huh. And I didn't even know what I was eating. Okay. But I don't think I would eat it again. But it sounded, but it, 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 a, it was amazing experience. at the time then. It's very tender. I've never had anything like this. Um, and then... There's not a lot of bones, and even if it is, it's like big chunks of bones, so mm -hmm. it's quite easy to get it out. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was if you <laughs> talk about memory, like it brings back memory thinking about eating, like it's just basic food that you eat when you camp. Yeah, um, I, I don't like hiking, most people like hiking. Um, I feel like it's a lot of work, and then you go there, take a few photos, <laughs> you have to head back. I like to get there and then uh, enjoy the scenery. Chill you out, fish. It's work, right? You build something and then uh, you start a fire. And by the time you get to eat that first meal, it's so satisfying with a campfire in front of you. So That sounds uh, wonderful. That sounds wonderful. Sounds really great. I think, you know, um, there is something else about eating outside. Uh, and there's yeah. an enjoyment of being in the outdoors and actually preparing food right then, as you said, your dad just did it, but mixed a number of canned things in it and stuff like that. And I suppose half of the enjoyment, too, was the fact that you were with your dad. It was an experience that you were having with your father. So so that's quite nice. So you you I mentioned two memories. Uh, 
where chefs cook outdoor. I love watching those shows too. Yeah, yeah, because there's something else about the outdoors, I think. And I think it must add to the flavor of the food as well, because the whole ambiance makes a big difference. You mentioned, um, you said there's, there's two memories. Is there something else that kind of comes in, springs out? To um, yeah, because I was debating <clears throat> when you uh, when you send me the concept of soundbite, uh, it's whatever that kind of evoked memory, right? So that's the that side. And then, uh, but my number one comfort food, no one would ever guess it. Uh, <laughs> it's actually uh, butter chicken. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you're going for a kind of more Indian slant here, <laughs> butter chicken. I, there's a bit of a story behind it. Mm-hmm. I have always liked Indian curry, like, because there's so many different kinds of curry, Malaysian, there's some Chinese, right? But I didn't know why. Until I was maybe 21, I came back from Australia. I, uh, uh, I was studying there. And then there was a, a cousin or uncle from Canada living in my place in Hong Kong. And then one day he was just cooking. And I was like, wow, this, this like, tastes like, smells so authentic. It's he cooking Indian curry. Mm-hmm. I think it was butter chicken. I can't remember. Uh, and then I was like, how do you learn how to cook it? It was yeah. like, what everyone knows how to do it, you idiot. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like everyone from our family knows how to eat it, how yeah. to cook it. And then I was like, okay, but it didn't make sense to me until later I talked to my mom. Uh, it turned out that I wasn't told as a kid that we were un- one eighth Indian. Oh, because oh, yeah. I think at the time when you live in like public housing, uh, yeah. you're from Southeast Asia, other kids would make fun of you. Like uh-huh. just kids being kids or being racist kids, <laughs> and then so my mom was worried. So, so they you never kept a low that. profile about it. <laughs> yeah, and I find out about my whole. I'm like, oh, see, that's that's why I like this. That's why I like that. <laughs> and, uh, it's your roots it talking. <laughs> I actually went to uh, went back to Calcutta to find my relatives mm-hmm. later on, and I ate butter chicken from there. And okay. I, I everywhere I go, I look for the best butter chicken, and like what- in Hong Kong. The, the the one that I like most, I don't know if it's the best, it was at Jojo Mess. Okay. It was before they got a Michelin recommendation. Oh, okay, okay. They were still in Wan Chai opposite the basketball court, and now they moved to the red light district area. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and have you ever thought get... about making it yourself? Have you ever tried? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yes, yes. You know, we are right across, local farmers right across from Pondy. And Pondy uh, is a concept uh, it's a French Indian concept, mm-hmm. right? So they actually make butter chicken foie gras. Oh, like it, the thing is more <laughs> Indian French than that, right? And I love it. Uh, um, I keep talking to the founder of the restaurant, you know, Taryn. Uh, I said, when are you going to make butter chicken? But it's such a boring dish for him. But I know one day we will. And also, like, I'm, I'm I, I don't eat so much dairy these days. So mm-hmm. how can I? make a butter chicken without, without the dairy mm. or maybe it's just something that i just gotta eat once in a while with dairy like um and i always go with like either a normal naan or garlic naan yeah well it sounds like, nice i haven't had any lunch today so do you, do you know how to make it <laughs> well i i'm actually not a great fan of butter chicken i i kind of would avoid it i do a garlic chicken which is uh, it's amazing this this recipe is just incredibly easy to do in that you don't actually need anything but fresh garlic and and yeah. uh, you can use a tin you can use tin tomatoes and you can just throw it in there you just kind of uh, brown a bit of onion up and then you throw your chicken in 
ideally like yeah. thigh pieces so that you get a nice texture. And then you yeah. put in the tomatoes, a whole bunch of garlic, and then yeah. some, some whole chilies and just let it cook until the colour changes. And then you throw in lots of fresh coriander and, um, and it's done. And, it's, and, and actually like it feels like there's the, lots of spices in it. Sounds like how they cook the garlic prawns at Jojo Mats. As yeah. well. oh. I love that dish. All right, I'm going to have to check that out and see what it's like. So that's... Right. Now that you talk about it, I feel like maybe the reason why I like butter chicken is because of how heavy it is. Yeah, yeah, it's a satisfying yeah. dish. I mean, it is nice. And as as you said, like, you know, if a lot of people are avoiding, and you would know that more than anyone else in terms of the type of food that you serve, um, are avoiding, you know, meat, and they're going for vegan dishes, they're going for non-dairy. Um, yeah. So, you know, is there, do you think still there is quite a, obviously now it's been a while since the restaurant was open, but there is there's a growing appetite in Hong Kong, isn't there? In what? For for kind of, you know, uh, plant-based things and vegan, oh, yeah. you know, so not so much meat all the time. Um, I like to say yes, because that's what the magazine <laughs> people are talking about. But like at our uh, central, we call it Cloud Kitchen, right? We have 15, over 15 brands there. Mm -hmm. And one of them is called Vegan 101. Mm -hmm. But I get, we get maybe close to 200 orders a day from that kitchen. Mm -hmm. Maybe three to five okay. are vegan 101. So I think a lot more people are talking about yeah. it more than they're, yeah. they're going. But, right. but, but I think it's not a black and white. It's To me, it's not about, hey, let's just go vegetarian or vegan or plant-based fully. I think it's just about eating more plant-based yeah. food. And I think uh, it's about variety, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think... If we try to push people for a clear cut, it's so much more challenging. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's necessary. Like, no, right now, we, we might be eating 20, 30% plant based. And if we go to like 60, 70%, that's already a huge mm -hmm. uh, change. Yeah. So that's the direction I'm taking to. We are going to uh, create more plant based dishes. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds great. So now, um, can I just ask you finally, like, you know, I hope that we we get through this wave and things start getting better what would be your first ambition once things are a little bit more settled what do you want to do obviously you want to just open up a place and get people in there and and get some activity um, i mean has the pandemic yeah, yeah, changed quite, your views about things i'm actually quite done with running restaurants uh it was always a brand building exercise and an experiment for us to learn how to do delicious healthy food um and then I think we have a very good team now. We've been working on our sort of retail products and the cloud kitchen model makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. um, I've never been a big fan of like service. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but, <laughs> but we just want to offer affordable premium dishes to people, right? right? I think okay. the affordable side is so important. So when you add service to it, it becomes more expensive again. Yes, yes. So like more self-serve, more contactless uh, restaurants. Yeah, that's the way to go food. probably. Mm. Um, or uh, I think we, we're also uh, working on our own delivery platform so that we can uh, take everything in-house. Uh, and uh, we're actually experimenting on some canned food and some uh, pre-packed food. So okay, so you're still like, staying in the food industry then. You're perhaps not. You're perhaps getting out of the oh, restaurant thing, I but mean, food for I, sure. Yeah, I got into food not because I was a foodie or not because I was a restaurateur. I just uh, felt like 
food is a, has a huge impact on our health and overall uh, on the planet, pollution, and um, every day you get to choose three times at least um, uh, who you want to support. So that's the exciting thing to mm, be about. Food. That's amazing. And, well, you know how people can come together and solve problems. So, but restaurant is a really, really difficult business model, and mm. I never really expected to make a lot of money from restaurants. Mm -hmm. So uh, mm -hmm. I think it's time for us to transform from a restaurant group to more of a food startup type yeah, of well, culture. Well, we'd like to know. Do come back to me when you're ready to announce what you're going to be doing. But Larry, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank and your soundbite was amazing. So thank you very much. And I look forward to seeing you again at some point. Have a lovely day. And have a nice you meal too. tonight. I'll see you then. Bye bye. Yeah. Cheers.